Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. This is Matt Irvin and Aaron Kennedy right here on uh, Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. We have another uh, great episode for you today. Rolling out topic is inflation. The Fed had a meeting and uh, they gave us a little bit of insight, but not much. Aaron, why don't you give us your initial thoughts on that? Uh, It's a lot of the same that they've been talking about. Number one, they're going to do something. And he's playing hardball now and he's put the date on it that interest rates are going to start up sometime in, in March. And he's already told us that he's going to do three different interest rate hikes throughout the year. So the biggest question is, does he stick to the three? Does he go four? Does he go five? But overall, they're looking to raise somewhere around 75 or three quarters of 1% this year. And by 2024, I believe it should get up to somewhere around two and a half to three percent. And that's going off of the, the Fed pages and what their expectations are over the next several years. And it's interesting, right? Because they haven't come out with anything definitive. They won't say anything, but to kind of paint the picture of where we're at, you know, this was a little shocking to me even. Um, They said the last time we're at a 40 year high for inflation, right? And the last time that it was this high, the Fed funds rate was somewhere around 14% and debt was around 850 billion. And right now the Fed funds is is right at 0% with right at $30 trillion of debt. So it's quite a different situation. So um, we had a Volcker like uh, Fed chief come in and try to do the same thing as as he did in the the eighties, you know, and they just raised interest rates until inflation goes away. You know, that would, that would set our interest rate payments somewhere around 4.2 trillion. (laughs) It's unachievable. That would dang near bankrupt our country. Right. That would not be good. I think our interest rate payment right now is four hundred and four hundred twenty billion or something like that, which is still an obscene number. Right. And that's at zero interest. That well, that's at zero interest. And you said that if uh, what if we doubled that, you know, it would be about three point three percent on the long, on the Fed funds rate. It would get our interest rate payment to ride at about one trillion dollars. Yeah. Yes. So it doesn't take a whole lot to to get there. With the dot plot saying about two and a half long term consensus, I mean we got to have pretty steady clips to get there. But uh, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. Over such a long period, I think we were talking earlier. Is who in the heck knows what's going to happen in two thousand twenty three or two thousand twenty four? So. The dot plots are fun because we're just trying to guess out into the future how what's going to happen in the market. Also, try to guess what happened in Ukraine, and you know, there's lots that can happen over that time period. Oh, it's like the guessers get to they get to watch the best guessers, right? Yeah. So it's like a second level guessing. But um, you know, one of the things to note is the amount of assets on the balance sheet, right? One of the things he said was he's going to rapidly reduce that down. And I found it extremely interesting that there's 30% of the outstanding treasury notes and bonds are on the Fed's balance sheet. And that can equate to about one to two extra extra rate hikes over two years. So it's not only what they do to raise the rate, it's also how quick they shrink that balance sheet. It's kind of coming from both ends. Mm-hmm. Well, think about this. So over the last two years, we printed, what, $8 trillion, somewhere around in there. Uh, do, you, do you remember what the actual economic output was that first quarter 
COVID, didn't it drop like 30%? It, yeah, right there. So our GDP dropped 30%. So what do you think is going to happen if we suck $9 trillion out of the economy? We put $8 trillion in and it kept us from going down 30 and we've had good economic growth, but it took $8 trillion. What happens if we pull $9 trillion out? Right. Well, what did you tell me earlier? So the Grab Fed, hat, cowboy. Here we go. <laughs> the, the Fed hold the Fed holds a third. Uh, the American people hold a third, and then internationally they hold a third. And we're so worried about what they do. If what if they sell the American dollar? Yeah, and I've been hearing for decades now, uh, China's going to take over the world, and they can they can implode the United States by selling all their U.S. assets or their, their government bonds, they're going to crater the U.S. dollar. <sighs> That's not the biggest fear. Our biggest fear is, what if the Fed does it? <laughs> what if we do it what to ourselves? What if we do it at home? <laughs> you know, it's the same concept. Yeah. Um, but that, that's what the Fed tells us they're going to do. They're going to get that off the balance sheet, $9 trillion. Whoa. Yeah, that's pretty pretty wild to think about. So let's take this opportunity to take our first break uh, right here on Black and White Market Chatter Life Planning 101. We'll be right back with you. And we're back here on Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Matt Irvin, Aaron Kennedy, talking about the Fed and what they're going to do with interest rates and and kind of trying to wrap our head around um, what they do and what that'll do to us. So, so right now we're we're paying four point or four hundred twenty four billion in interest. If they go up, that goes up. We're a little bit nervous about uh, the amount of interest they could pay. Yes, but if we get to what the 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 dot plots show or what the Fed governors are believing is going to happen. Uh, interest rates are a trillion dollars, and that's almost 15% of our budget. You know, right now it's almost exactly half of that, but still 15% is due to overspending over the last three to four decades. So when you think about I, you think about budgets, right? We talk a lot and we've talked historically about how much, you know, the defense budget is versus, you know, these interest rate payments and how much interest we're actually paying. And so I've not heard of anybody talk about shrinking a government budget, right? They always have to say, I need to spend all of my budget to make sure I get that money next year. And so if interest rates go way up, and we can't support that. I mean, our our income only goes up so quickly as far as income taxation. So there's some downward pressure from politically, right, to keep that interest rate low. But yet, if we don't do anything, we're going to run too hot. So, so kind of tell me what tightrope is he walking right now? That's a great question. You know, the Fed only has a couple of tools to stop inflation or cool it down. And any of the tools that they're going to use are designed to slow down the economy. You know, anytime we've run hot from an inflation standpoint, uh, government raises interest rates. I mean, that's been the traditional tool. Well, right now, I don't, I don't think our economy can handle if we try to slow it down. I mean, we're just coming out of COVID. Just walk around town, wherever you're at, you're going to see help wanted signs everywhere. You know, the economy's not running at full capacity now. So if we do everything that we can to shut it down to stop inflation, uh, that's going to be painful. And I was talking the other night and I was, I was just asking people, 
Uh, would you rather have 7% inflation or would you rather have your portfolio drop by 30 to 50% because the Fed did their job with inflation, but it cratered the market and sent us into a recession? You know, that's the tightrope that he's having to walk. Right. So is it even worth it? And 7%, yeah, that's painful. But some of the stuff that's really driving it, think, think cars, you know, as a collective population, we're buying used cars all the time. But from a family, that's a one-time deal every three, three to five years. You know, same thing with a house. They're one-time. So if we look at our inflation basket from an individual level, it is probably closer to that 6 to 7% long-term. But as long as we can continue to grow the economy and, and grow your assets greater, greater than that, we stay ahead. You know, if we can grow your assets at 7.01% when inflation's seven, hey, you're okay. You're not losing the buying power. You're not losing the buying power. If we lower inflation to two, but we just dropped your buying power by 30 to 50%, that's, that's different. And look back in time, how often has the Fed got it right? Well, what about 2018? You know, we talked about that, and that was such a... That was a quick market well, so up and saying down. We, we tried this before. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to look at history. I know there's some folks out there that, that hate to look backwards, you know, tearing statues down and whatnot. I know that's a whole other subject, but we need, to, uh, we need to review history to make sure we don't repeat history. Yeah, we, we tried to stop the QE in the past, and, you know, it blew up a repo market. And repo market is the... The market between our banks and our federal government, you know, it's the way for them to get money on and off the balance sheet very, very quickly. But you go look at the repo market during 2018, that interest rate was, what was it, 14%? Something ridiculous. And when interest rates are close to zero and you look at the repo market at 14, that's broken. Yeah, and, yes. and it, we've never seen a reversal of the Fed that quickly. You know, it's like, oh, oh no, banking system's fixing to go down. We better start buying back our, our Fed funds. So, yeah. not our Fed funds, but our, our debt, the, the QE. So, we've tried it. It didn't work. We weren't on sound enough footing then in 2018. Where are we at now? Right. Historically looking, it looked like 2018 it felt much stronger than it does yes. now. It feels like we're, you know, the indicators and the economic output says we're strong but it feels like we're, we're like an eggshell. You know, there's some strong eggshells out there, but they're, in general, pretty fragile. Yes, yeah. And a lot of the economic stuff, we're looking at year over year, and we're looking at, at a point in time where everything seems broken. You know, our supply lines, employment, amount of money that's in the system, nothing's working right. So by looking at all these forward-looking indicators, you really got to dig down and know what you're looking at and not just take it at face value. Right. Well, and it's it's easy to say, you know, people are, are getting back to work when nobody was working, you yeah. know, and, and we're still got a lot of people on unemployment. I know they've shaved those unemployment benefits and people are looking for jobs, but we're not. It says we're fully staffed. We're not fully staffed. How 3. is it? 3.6% unemployment. Right. So, so that means our economy is running, it's overheated. You know, back in the early 2000, 5% was full employment. Right. Full employment. We're 20% over capacity if we look at the numbers right now. Yet, but, if you go to McDonald's, you're going to stand in line for 45 minutes because there's only one person back there making the burgers. Well, 
<laughs> Tell me how that's working. And then go to a big chain grocery store. Yeah. And and you see two lanes out of fifteen open, and and the self checkout is full. Sorry, Mark Donalds, I'm not picking on you. I'm just overall right. But to Matt's point, it's across the economy. Truckers, you know, there's not enough people moving stuff across our country. Uh, anywhere you look, we're needing workers, and we can't get them. But we're fully employed. Right. It's a facade. Right, it's, it's a facade. There's not there's not enough meat and potatoes behind it. But hey, Aaron, let's take a quick break right here, and we're going to come back with some of the some other great information for you on uh, black and white market chatter on Life Planning One Hundred and One. And we're back here on Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Matt Irvin, Aaron Kennedy. We're wrapping up our perception of of the Fed and kind of what we're going to do, how we're going to be patient and listen, and um, some of the things that are going to keep reactions down. Uh, For instance, we talked earlier about political reactions, we got midterms coming up, right? Midterm elections. And so we, we know that they're trying to get legislation through and, and Powell uh, is forced with uh, how quick he's going to raise rates and, and all that's correlating. And so we see some, some legislation about what was it? The Biden's big bill has, has busted a couple of times, right? Coming right. through. And there's one, one piece of that is the child tax credit they're trying to get, but in um, minimum wage, this so they're they're enhancing those things. But again, we just talked about our unemployment, right, and then how we're really not fully staffed, but yet we're going to pay people to continue to stay home. It doesn't make any sense. We keep saying this, but we're running we're running a tightrope. We we got to figure out a way to get people back to work. We need to slow down or or stop the support that we're giving people that's not working. Got to get our economy on firm footing and the way to do that is let the economy run you know as painful as it is uh you know more more likely the government's not going to keep up with inflation anyway so if, if you're getting if you're getting money from the government not to work you know are they increasing your checks seven to nine percent a year Oh, I don't know. What was Social Security? 5.9? Yeah, it had a big jump this year. It, it right. did. Biggest in a long time. Right. Biggest in a long time. But how many years did the grocery bill go up? And then they said, no, there's really no inflation. So, yeah. It doesn't happen. It hasn't, hasn't kept up. We got to get the economy on, on a firm footing. And uh, the easiest way to do that is, is run hot. You know, I think we've talked about this before, but the Fed's hands are tied. You know, there's not a lot they can do. They're going to bankrupt our currency by our country by increasing interest rates too much. You, you talked on the midterm elections. If they if the economy drops or the market drops 30 to 50 percent before November, they don't stand a chance. You know, this is going to be more political and they're going to slow roll it. And I really think Powell, after this first initial boost of interest rates, hopefully only in 2022, He's going to need to find a reason not to raise it anymore. So when we're looking at what the Fed governors are thinking for 2023 and 2024, I don't think it matters. You know, after 2022, if we're up another percent, we got to stop there because we can't afford the interest payment. We can't afford the economy dropping out the bottom. Uh, we got to get people back to work. There's too many things 
out there that are going to be hurt if we shut her down. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked earlier episode, not, and I've always liked this uh, example. We talked about feathering, right? The government has to feather that somewhere between, are we getting too hot? Maybe I need to cool it down just as gauche or talk about talking about cooling it down. The market yeah. reacts and then, and then it kind of gets back on its foot. But Powell's kind of in a corner where he has to do something, right? Yeah, We're he there. has to do something. Trust the government. Trust the government. They're here to help. So he's got to have a plan. <clears throat> he's got to do something. You know, so let him do something, but keep him from doing anything else after this right. year. <laughs> well, and, and, and in this case, I believe that'll happen. Right? He's not, he can't get too carried away because the political pressures. Um, he can't get too carried away because the market pressures. Right. right? He needs to make a step, show, do his job. Right. right? But, and, and imagine how much of a problem, not, not, not really a problem, a puzzle he has. Because he's looking at today. Where's inflation at today? You know, what, what do we need to do today? You know, these are all things. And I think you know, more than likely, we like to laugh that the Fed's never got it right. And they've always, right. they've gone too far. But they, they, they don't look far enough in the future or they can't predict what's going to happen in the future. So, you know, it's, it's very difficult to get it right. So I'd rather him err on on the side of caution. Yeah. It's so slow. Feather. Feather it. Right? Feather. And so we listen to many podcasts and articles and, and read periodicals. And, and there was something we, we talked about the other day, the habits of a, of a country that has currency debasement. Right. And of course, Venezuela comes up and they were getting paid, I think what three or four times a day. They'd have to all run to the store, buy what they could buy too much because then they can sell it to their neighbor at an inflated price when they get off of work. And, um, but the truth behind it was societies turn into a very gambling society. It's, it's all about buying something and selling it for more. It doesn't matter what it is, bread, cars, you know, goods, services, whatever, you know, whatever you can get and then get it to somebody else for a higher price. Right. And, when we kind of reflect on that to the Americas right now, what do what are we seeing? Yeah, we, we we saw that. Uh, you know, it's an absence of hope. You know that you can get ahead, so the the population starts to gamble more and more. And we we all heard what happened with GameStop, uh, AMC. Go look at Reddit. You know th- these people were gambling like crazy. The Vegas shut down. You know, so where did they go to the markets? And it was incredible because at, at that point, we had retail investors driving the market, shutting down some big institutional investors, Citadel. And these, these are big, big companies. And it had to get before Congress to stop it. Right. Right. <laughs> the little man yeah. raised his hand and, and destroyed a lot of what was going on. And that, that is that gambling man, mentality of, I don't have any hope. And I've got to get ahead one way or another. So YOLO, let's do it. Let's roll. Yeah, and, and it's it kind of, you know, this, you think about it, so it's kind of like a protest, right? Protest against the man. We, you know, we've seen different protests in our country over even the last couple of years, different things. But, you know, that's, again, it's like a protest. Cause if you read the, the boards there, everybody, hold in there, don't quit, don't give up, you know, yeah, yeah. stand together. And, and But they were moving the market, and oh. they were doing it together. Right. right. People were, uh, 
you know, putting their mortgage payment on black and, and, and gambling away. And some, some did very well and some didn't, but it's just, it's going back to that society of gambling. So Aaron, we're, we're trying to get wrapped up here, but I want to talk about, you know, we always try to circle it back to, to what we're doing. So we have been, we're trying to build some dry powder, right? It's always good in times of volatility to have that dry powder. Yes. So um, tell us, you know, we're sitting, we're sitting kind of being patient, right? We're trying to be as patient as we can right now on most of our fixed income or our bonds. You know, we've got super short and uh, we're, we're in a lot of inflation protected securities, which means they go up in value with inflation. So we're, we're trying to hold out there to kind of see what happens. A lot of portfolios, we've added some upside protection as well. Um, you know, so if the market takes off, we still get the majority of that, but we're still, we're sitting, you know, close to 40% on the sidelines, just waiting, waiting for that opportunity. Yeah. And right now it feels like the opportunity is going to be the market going down. So we're being really cautious right now and where we're trying to get some, some risk off the table. Most of the growth companies, the big, super expensive growth companies, we've got rid of those. We're trying to get out of small caps for a whole lot. We're trying to build into our value factor. Uh, or dividend aristocrats, you know, some of the safer, safer, more, more consciously run companies that have done a good job with their capital over long periods of time that produce things. You know, we keep saying that we want to be buying things. We're buying companies that produce things, yeah. and we're we're still there, and and that's that's the path we're trying to take. So we've seen this before. We've seen it lots of times, and there's ways there there was things to do in bad times that made money. And that's really our, our playbook. So we're trying to do what's right and what's worked in the past in these types of scenarios. Being patient, but being active where we need to. Yes. That's the biggest Absolutely. thing. So well, that's great, Aaron. Um, I hate to cut it short, but we do have to go black and white market chatter. Aaron Kennedy here at Kennedy Financial Services, Matt Irvin. We're wrapping up our, our latest episode on Life Planning 101. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC, investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group LLC, Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.